success in the new retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. This is the Success in the New Retirement podcast with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. It's all powered by Acute Wealth Advisors. And if you hear anything on this show, you need some clarity on 480-680-6868. Now, let's get to the show. Damon, spending some time with the family this weekend. Matt, how you doing, buddy? Hey, you know, it's uh, we were talking about it's, uh, the Freedom Week that because finally you don't have to pay taxes. Tax all the way Freedom up. Day. Well, it's freedom from Damon, too. So it's, it's, it's like the greatest week ever. <laughs> Damon Roberts Freedom Weekend here on Success <laughs> in the New Retirement. All right. Well, that's a place to start. I know a little shout out to all of our CPA friends who I know have just been to the wall all week getting all these returns filed. But Tuesday was officially Tax Freedom Day. That's the day where if the average worker sent their entire paycheck to the government starting January 1st, well, Tuesday is the day they finally get to keep their own money. So, Isn't that crazy, though? Like you, like, worked for, what, three and a half months, and then finally you can say, okay, well, now I get to start keeping some of my money. So oh, thank you, Uncle Sam. That's, that's, that's kind of depressing. It's amazing I, the love-hate relationship we have with Uncle Sam, because think about it. Around July 4th, we proudly put him on our T-shirts. We got the koozies with Uncle Sam. We're shooting off fireworks. USA. And then... You know, the, the third week in April, we're like, oh, stupid Uncle Sam. I'm tired of writing him paychecks. Hey, I love my freedoms. I will, you know, that the, we are truly blessed. But, man, the taxes, it can be, you know, kind of depressing sometimes when you have to write that check or you file your tax return. You're like, I owe what? You yeah. know, and so it's, yeah, it's it's a bit depressing. But we talk about that all the time on the show that our goal with our clients' funds is, hey, how do we how do we figure out how to keep as much of that as possible. I want to pay my fair share of taxes. I don't want to leave a tip. I want to, I don't want to pay extra. If I can put strategies in place to put more money into my pocket or my client's pocket, that's the goal when it comes to taxes. And so I think having a pretty good tax plan, it's, it's times like this that we kind of say, okay, how possibly could I do things better in 2023 and perhaps keep a little bit of more of my money? You know, I'm a prime example of this because we got our information back from our CPA. And I mean, we're getting, I'm having to write Uncle Sam a huge check. It's my own fault this year. I did. Wow, that, that means Mark either did poor planning or that guy makes bank. So either if one of the, one of the two, everybody. We're going to lean towards A. We're gonna, <laughs> I appreciate you giving me that much credit, but it's more of poor planning on my part. Do you see a lot of people calling you, calling Damon, the team at Acute Wealth? This time of the year going, okay, uh, I need to fix this. I can't do this again. Well, so here's the approach that we take with taxes. So again, we are planning for retirement and retirement should be a, you know, a 10, 20, 30 year uh, lifespan for people that, that we need to be planning for a longevity in that. Know, know that it's not just about this year, but it's about the, the coming years. And so again, I saw some crazy data that said that pretty soon, we will be spending a trillion dollars just on the interest on the money that we have borrowed. So again, like 40% of our entire budget right now will end up going towards just interest on this crazy amount of debt that we borrow and that they're gonna fight about on this debt ceiling debate and they're gonna increase and they're gonna borrow more. I heard Janet Yellen, Janet Yellen was in front of Congress and one of the, the senators was questioning him and, and he said, hey, if you're not careful, you're going to drive our debt to $50 trillion. And her response was crazy like, well, yes, but she yeah. said, yes, but. And then she had some other explanation like why $50 trillion wasn't that big of a deal. And I'm sitting there going, 
That's a huge deal. If you're driving around and you're thinking $50 trillion, I mean, if you took $100 bills and you stacked it up in like the Costco warehouse, you could fill like five or six Costco warehouses with all of this money that we have borrowed. And so at some point, they're going to come and say, we need to start taxing people. And so if you thought your taxes were high this year, just think about what they'll be five and 10 years from now when we owe $50 trillion and we're spending, you know, one or $2 trillion, 50, 60% of our entire federal budget is going just to pay interest. So what does that mean? It means that likely in the future, that tax bill could be significantly higher. So when we're sitting down with someone, we're building out a financial plan. It's not about, hey, let's try to save a bunch of money right now. Let's do this. It's more about saying, okay, how can we take this IRA account? You've worked hard. You've, you've saved up 500,000, you know, a million dollars, 300,000, whatever that number is. I always kind of put this point across financial clients. I said, you know, how much do you have in your IRA? And they're like, oh, I've got 500,000. And I said, well, I think you actually have, you know, based on your current plan, you have about 400,000. And they're like, what? Why? And I said, well, 20% of that's going to Uncle Sam if we don't do something different. And they're like, oh, okay. I was like, so what if we put some plans in place that over the next 10, 10 years, we do some strategies that potentially makes it where you only give Uncle Sam 50 grand instead of 100 grand? That means you have another $50,000 that's your money. And they're like, okay, I like that. And so that's when we start talking about, you know, Roth conversion strategies and, and some of the tax deferral strategies. And when you would start taking money from tax deferred accounts and really mapping things out so that you have a plan, because again, if I can reduce how much you're paying uncle Sam by five or 10%, that is the equivalent of getting an extra five or 10% in your account. That's mm -hmm. equivalent to having, you know, a return of five or 10%. It is the exact same because you're getting to keep that money. And so I was working with a client this past week and I was showing him, I said, okay, the plan is for you to retire two years from now. So what are the things that we can do right now? And we, we kind of mapped out his stuff and we figured out he could do Roth conversions where he could move money from an IRA into a Roth and he could do about $10,000 per year for the next two years. And when he did that, he would pay uncle Sam no more than 12%. And so we, we talked about what future tax rates would be and said, okay, no, no, that sounds great. I said, but, but here's the awesome part. When you finally retire, what I'm going to have you do is I'm going to have you postpone social security benefits for two years. And the guy was kind of like, well, why? I was like, well, social security, you'll be 66. So social security is going to grow by a guaranteed 8% for those two years. So we're going to increase your social security benefit by 16, 17% plus whatever the cost of living adjustment is. But what the big benefit is, is meanwhile, what we're going to do is we're going to take money from your IRA accounts to fund your income needs for two years. And he's like, okay. And I put it into our calculator and I showed him that he could withdraw money out of his IRA and pay uncle Sam less than 7% total on all of that money. He could take about $110,000 out and give uncle Sam about 7%. Nice. And he was like, killer. So he realized he's, he saw that, man, I've been saving this money, saving, you know, 22, 24% when he was putting it into his 401k and his IRA, but now he's going to take it out and only give uncle Sam 7%. Meanwhile, his social security benefit just went up by 17%. And so, you know, once we put that into his plan, again, it made a huge difference on how far his income would last, you know, how much income he would have in retirement, what he would be able to spend. And so we, the light bulb started coming on. They's like, Oh, okay. I see it. Now we're, you know, this tax plan, this income strategy, this, this financial plan all working together, 
is going to make a big difference on how much money he's actually going to have and how much he's going to actually going to be able to spend. That's fascinating, these conversations that you have. Is it something that people don't realize as well, that once they get into retirement, and I think Damon has said this before, that a lot of retirees think that, hey, I'm done working, so my tax strategy isn't going to be top of mind, isn't going to be the biggest issue. You still got to worry about taxes in retirement. If anything, they may increase. Yeah, for sure. And again, I mean, if tax rates go up in the future, even though you might be in retirement and think, well, I'm making less income than I was working, it's still likely that you could end up paying higher tax rates in retirement, making less income. So again, we need to be efficient with this. Again, it is not something you want to ignore. And, and so unfortunately, most people, when they talk to their accountants, the accountant's all about trying to save them money right now. Right. You know, again, you just filed your tax returns. The, the goal was, let's see how much I can get back in a refund or how I can pay less. But what we're trying to do is let's look out over the next five or 10 years. How can we be more efficient over that period of time? Because that's where it's really going to matter. And that's where it's really going to pay off. And so it's just a different of focus. And again, I've had multiple conversations with accountants explaining what we're wanting to do. And initially the accountant's like, well, you know, that's going to cause my client to pay a little bit more this year in tax. And I was like, yeah, but it's going to make it so that he pays way less in the future. And, and the accountant, the light bulb kind of comes on with him. And I've, I've had a couple of accountants who are like, all right, I got like five people you need to talk to that, that, <laughs> that need to do this. And I was like, great. Again, it's just shifting the conversation to, you know, how much could you save this year? But more importantly, how do we be more tax efficient so we can save year after year after year? Yeah, I've got my hand in the air right there. It's like, what do I need to do to make the adjustments for next year? 480-680-6868. Take advantage of that complimentary Morningstar portfolio analysis from the team at Acute Wealth Advisors. Got about a minute left here, Matt. I saw someone that said paying taxes is a privilege because he said it affords us the freedom to live better and have more freedoms than any other country. Do you agree with that? For sure. But here's the thing is, we live in an awesome country with a ton of freedom, but other countries have taxes as well, right? So I love paying my taxes and I love living in this country. But as I said at the beginning, my goal is to follow all the rules, make sure that I'm, you know, I'm not going to get audited, that I'm doing the right things, that my clients aren't going to get audited, but I want to pay as little as possible by using the rules that are in place and making sure that I'm as efficient as possible. So again, I, I don't feel like it's patriotic to just be like, yeah, here you go. Here's my tax money and here's an extra 10%, right? So I want to make my tax strategies for me and my clients as efficient as possible, follow all the rules. And again, I love being in the country. I want to pay that. I want to be a part of this country, but I don't want to pay extra if I don't have to. 480-680-6868. Matt Deaton, this is another example of Vegas just nickel and diming their guest. Vidara Hotel. Vidara Vidara. Have you been there? You're a high roller. I have never stayed there. I think it's Vidara Hotel. I don't like Mike. I don't like Vegas. Like I could stand being in Vegas like one or two days. And we've taken our kids there before because my daughter's been in a volleyball and my kids hate Vegas. They're just like, this is the worst place ever. I don't ever want to go there. I'm like, keep that feeling in video. That'll save you a lot of money. I like Vegas. Like I'll get out there, just kind of shut it down for a couple of days and throw some dice. And I couldn't imagine that. You see some people that spend like a week, two weeks vacation in Vegas. Yeah, I could not do that. I, now, if I was just golfing, it was like that was the home base and you were just going to go golfing, then I could, that would be all right. But again, I could still find lots of other places I'd rather stay if the goal was to, to be golfing. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, it's going to cost you more now because what they're doing now, the this five-star resort casino, they're now leaving cookies and water on the edge of the dresser. 
So you walk in, and it's like, welcome. You think, oh, appreciate that. A little complimentary cookies, a couple of bottles of water. We're in the desert. That makes sense. But then when you go to check out, you'll notice a mini bar charge. And you think, well, look, I learned my lesson. I don't touch the mini bar. Well, a bottle of water is twenty four seventy five. What? That little bag of cookies is nine ninety nine. Wow. So now they're charging this as a mini bar fee, even though there's no signage. They put it far enough away from the little mini fridge. So you think, oh, complimentary water. I appreciate that, but not so fast. You can add that on to the venue fee, the resort fee, the concession fees, service charges, not to mention the price that you're actually paying for the room. Well, and then the towel. I mean, if you use a towel in the hotel, they charge you for that. So the drying fee. (laughs) There's the uh, remote fee where if you actually want to turn the TV on. (laughs) Have you ever seen on the, like you check out of a hotel and there's like a hotel tax and then an occupancy fee. So wait, I've got to pay for the room. Now I've got to pay to sleep in it as well. It's pretty ridiculous. So these are just some of the fees that are just going to get you if you're not prepared for it. Where they get you. So, so we just got back. Me and my wife went out with some friends and we were out in California. Just uh, we golfed and, and had a, a couple of days there. And so you get your rate, you know, you go on Expedia or whatever and you say, okay, you know, $100, $200, $500, whatever the hotel room cost is that you're like, okay, great. That was a good deal. Right. And it, then you finally get your hotel bill. And just like we were talking about, again, there's the destination fee. There's the resort yes. fee. There's this, 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 this. And we were up near San Francisco and there was a couple other fees that it seemed like we were like paying for some community outreach for the homeless program. I don't know what it was, but there, again, my bill almost doubled just from the fees over and above what the room rate that was quoted for us. Yep. And so, again, the reason they can charge those fees is, again, I'm sure that's disclosed somewhere, but I'm not paying attention to that. And it's not until after that I recognize, oh, that's that's the true cost of this hotel. Oh, that was a lot more expensive than I thought. But again, I'm already committed. I've already stayed in the hotel. I have to pay that. Right. Mm hmm. And again, I, it's almost like the whole hotel industry, you know, went to a convention where a bunch of Wall Street brokers and people were there because it seems like they've all been doing that same thing. And Wall Street's been doing that for years and years and years. I think the hotel industry is just trying to catch on to that. But Wall Street does a phenomenal job of trying to hide those fees. So again, for a long, long time, it was very difficult to even find out what you were paying on part of your account. But then a bunch of people, a bunch of activists came together and said, Congress, hey, we need to be more upfront. People need to disclose their fees. And Wall Street with their lobbyists kind of fought back on that. And finally, they said, fine, on your 401k statements and on some of your other statements, we'll disclose the expense ratio on a fund. So again, I guarantee as people are driving around, if you're listening to us, you have seen, if you've looked at your statements recently on your like your 401k or when you're picking out the fund for your 401k, they are now required by law to show you kind of here, this is the performance of the past one, three, five, and 10 years. And then there's a place where it says, and this is the fee. And at the top, it's very important to recognize that it doesn't say total fee or this is everything you're paying. It just says expense ratio. And unfortunately, the expense ratio is usually only about half of the fees that a client is actually paying on that. But again, Wall Street doesn't want to tell you everything because if you knew exactly what you're paying, you'd be like I was when I saw my hotel bill where it's like, you know, hey, that that wasn't cool. I'm, I'm going to pay attention to that next time. and I'm going to ask the front desk what's the total fees so I can, you know, figure out what I'm actually paying before I commit to staying at that hotel. If you understood exactly what you're paying on your fees on your investment accounts, I think most people would be shocked. 
because they think they're paying, oh, 0.6 or 0.7%. But what they don't realize is there's, you know, marketing charge fee, a 12B1 fee, there's the transaction charges, there are all these other charges. And oftentimes, again, Morningstar says the fees can, you know, be 1.5 and higher in most mutual funds. And so, again, if you understood that you were paying that much, and again, it's, it's hard to quantify that, right? So again, what I tell a client is like, okay, let's, let's list out your expenses. All right. They talk about their mortgage or their mm. car payment or whatever it is. And again, let's say this client had a million dollars in a retirement account. I guarantee they would not write down, oh, 15 to $20,000 in fees on, on my investment accounts. That would not be on their list of bills for the year. But yet that is what they're paying a one and a half to 2% fee on a million dollars is 15 to $20,000 per year. True. And so if that, if it was quantified in that way, I guarantee that person would be paying more attention to what they're actually paying in fees and what they're getting for that. And so again, we, when we sit down and do a portfolio analysis for someone, you know, again, you could call us up and say, Matt, I need a second look. I need to get an analysis done on my portfolio. Well, what are you going to get from that? Well, we're going to number one, show you what kind of returns you've been getting, what kind of risk you've been taking. But one of the most important things that you're going to see is how much you're actually paying in fees. And then you get to do some math and you get to say, okay, did I get my money's worth? Did I take too much risk? Did I get a good return? How much did I pay in fees to get that? Could I have done better in a different way? And again, it's going to become very transparent where the issues are. And we're going to be able to pull back that curtain on Wall Street and find out if, if you're being treated fairly or if, or if there is some gouging that's going on. And, and that is critical because, again, if you the number one predictor, according to a Morningstar report, they did a big study on it. The number one predictor of your success, the, the performance of your account is how much you're paying in fees. So if you're like, man, my account's not growing very well, or it's not doing this way, more than likely there's a bunch of hidden fees that you didn't know that was happening. That's, that's really hurting the performance of your overall portfolio. So when you call the team at Acute Wealth Advisor, schedule that Morningstar portfolio analysis. This is the conversation that you're going to have. Take a deep dive into your 401k, your IRA plan. Maybe you're getting nickel and dimed in fees and you're just not sure about it. 480-680-6868. If you've saved that 250000 or more for your retirement, let's sit down with Damon Roberts. Let's sit down with Matt Deaton. Multiple locations of Acute Wealth Advisors across the valley to meet at a time and a place at your convenience. 480 480- 680-6868, success in the new retirement.com. I'd be remiss, we didn't acknowledge Friday was Administrative Professionals Day. And with that being said, the team at Acute Wealth Advisors, you hear Damon, you hear Matt on the show every weekend, but it's a full team. You want to give a shout out to a couple of people that really help Acute Wealth Advisors continue to grow. Yeah, the great thing about our staff, I've had several of my clients, is again, I feel like I'm a nice guy. I think I communicate well with my clients and I've had several people come in and be like, man, I really like talking to Abby and Susanna. Like, and so I'm like, what, what? So I'm like, chop liver, you don't want to talk to me. But so again, you know, if you call in, you know, Reed's going to answer the phone or Susanna's going to answer the phone. Melissa's going to answer the phone. Again, our staff is awesome. I, I can't praise them enough. They, they do a phenomenal job. Abby and Susanna in the back, they manage people's, you know, funds and get them transferred over and communicate well. Melissa runs the office and, and is on the phone talking to people. And so we do these client events and do spring training events where we have, uh, we, we ran out this pavilion for about three games a year. We have all of our clients there with some of their friends. And again, it's an awesome time. We have 200 something people at each one of these events, but 
our clients, they just love coming up and talking to the staff because a lot of them have only talked on the phone or, or whatnot. And they just love meeting the staff and kind of visiting with us. And so we love putting on those events because it gets a chance for people to put a name to a face and, and really, you know, get to get a chance to kind of, you know, see someone that they've been communicating with and, and they're starting to build a relationship with us. So it's a lot of fun to kind of put those things together. While it's important and great to recognize the team members that make it Wealth Advisors great, it's also important to realize that Wealth Advisors, they're here in the Valley. They're not a big box firm with offices in New York, Chicago, L.A., Atlanta. They live here. They work here. They play here. They know the economy of Arizona. 480-680-6868. Again, multiple locations to meet at a time and a place that fits your schedule. Thanks for listening. Want more from Damon and Matt? Check out successinthenewretirement.com. And while you're there, drop us an email with your questions. Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.